All right, welcome to the uh, Non-Athean Special Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Sweden, and we're doing this book club on the dichotomy of leadership by Jacko Willingink and Leif Babin. Um, the dichotomy of leadership. So the definition of dichotomy is a division or a contrast between two things that are represented as being opposed or entirely different. So what they did was they they went back and wrote this book because of the fact of um, people were taking too much ownership or not enough ownership. And so it's called the dichotomy of leadership because you're trying to balance out leadership of not taking too much ownership when you're leading and not and then the decentralized command meaning they're not they're not having enough ownership. So pretty much that's what in a nutshell that's what the dichotomy of leadership is about. And then um like we're going to do the same thing that we did for extreme ownership and break it up into the the parts of the book because they do that as so the parts of the book but even the introduction of this book is completely amazing. Um, I had so many notes and so many takeaways from um, just the introduction of, of the book, which was um, cool under fire, right? So the stress levels, the cool under fire, when you're, when you're having all of a sudden you're getting phone calls, right? You're at your, whether you're doing mobile or whether you're at a fixed location or maybe you're multi-location or whatever your business is, maybe you're not concentrated on detailing, maybe you're doing something else, but you're getting phone calls and you're having to take on these phone calls, but yet at the same time, you're trying to figure out what your employees doing, are they doing their thing? And are you stepping back to let them do their thing while you're taking these phone calls? And then maybe on top of that, you have an emergency situation with someone's car that they're bringing in and they need scratch repair or, and they're a good customer. So you want to help them out very quickly. Um, and then the, the other thing is uh, the experience and being paired up with someone and having that complete faith. So, so Jocko was talking about um, the leader and the leader of this is um, the officer in charge. And that officer in charge was not a guy that had a lot of experience, but his LPO, his, his, the guy that was right underneath the, that um, officer in charge had tons of experience. And while Jocko didn't have as much faith initially in this one guy to have that experience to be cool under fire, he knew that the guy's subordinate right underneath him had all that experience and could be cool under fire. Well, as things got going, Jocko's whole like perception was completely changed by this guy because he didn't have that much leadership as an experienced and, and being having that cool pressure under fire because he didn't know him. But this guy was cool as a cucumber, as he said, right? He he was able to make sound judgments. He talked in an even level. He was like, hey, we need to do X, Y, Z, and this is how we're going to do it. This is how it's going to be done. And this is what I need you guys to do. When you take leadership, even if you don't have a lot of experience and you're working with someone that has that experience and 
then you have to take a group of people and explain to them, I need X, Y, Z done, and I need it done in this amount of time. And these are the expectations of the job. We need to get this done. If you just do it in a calm manner, it's completely different than being all frantic. Because if I say, hey, um, we've got an emergency happening. I need to get this scratch done. I need you guys to get these two details done. And then we have another guy coming in for a, a coating that's going to drop off the car. It's completely different going, oh my God, oh my God, I got to do this. And you got to do this and you got to do that. Because there's a manic whole thing going on with that. That is completely different than how I just said it calmly, concisely, and he knew what I was saying. Um, so just those two first two points of the introduction were um, just brought me back to so many different things in the fire service that I was just, I was, I was laughing and rolling. So I'd, I'd read this book a couple of times and I just started laughing again because it just brings me back to so many memories of leaders not understanding that just taking a beat for a second, taking a deep breath and counting for five seconds, then giving off an order in a calm manner will change your whole uh, leadership role with your subordinates because then all of a sudden they're going to become focused because you're focused. They are going to take your energy and they're going to take that and do their job exactly how you want them to, hopefully, rather than in the frantic mode of like, oh, we got to get this done because then your energy is everywhere. You didn't take that deep breath in for just those five seconds to get your thoughts collected. And now their energy is going to be everywhere and they're going to miss things. So it's all about just flowing down that energy into something concise and clear and objectively. Um, one of the other points, the goal of all leaders should be to work themselves out of a job. Absolutely. I'm so glad Chris Williams is on because he's trying to work himself out of a job. That is his goal. He wants to work himself out of his job with his employee and hopefully get another employee in there. So that employee can train another employee and it just goes from there to there, right? It, it keeps just trickling down. Um, that goal to work, and it also goes into, you're not keeping all that information just for yourself, right? Because if you don't trickle down all the information and all the training you can to those employees, it's not going to allow them to be the best that they can be. Um, what is, uh, what does he call it? Bernie calls it maximum potential, right? Whether you're doing it with a car, whether you're doing it with an employee, you want to get the maximum potential no matter what you're doing. And the only way to truly do that is to not hoard information from your employees, not to hoard all the training that you can depart upon them, but to give them that information as they move up the ladder, meaning that, hey, I've got interiors down and now I can move to the exterior or exterior to interior, whatever you're training, however you're training that employee, it's all about doing step one, step two, step three, because then step those are going to lead to the next steps in line. And it makes it easier for those employees to gain all that information, but you're not holding back. Hey, here's a little trick. Hey, if you do this, it's going to save you 30 minutes. 
hey, if you do this, it's going to save us an hour. So um, working yourself out of a job and then teaching them to take a step back and look at the car and just take that breath and go, okay, what is my mental checklist? You know, I've, I've done the rims, I've done the, you know, the tires, I've gotten the undercarriage that you can see. I, I've gotten the wheel wells, you know, I've gotten the glass, just going through that mental checklist and down it. So that way, before they even come to you to go, Hey, you know, I, I've got this all dialed in. Can you come take a look? Well, they've already gone through the mental checklist and they've already done it in a calm, cool way of taking that deep breath and decentralizing themselves instead of just being at the car with their face in the car. Um, anybody have any comments about that so far? No, we'll just keep going then. Um, when you're also, when you're doing the goal of taking those leaders and, and you want them to be a leader, it creates a culture of a team of leaders, but you also need to know when those leaders need to follow you. <clears throat> so that means like in a situation where they just need to be quiet, take in the info, do their job, and then they can come to you on the side and say, hey, I have a question, or um, I don't agree with this, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it. But it's coming to you on the side. Or maybe they actually have a question that's viable and them teaching them to know when those questions are viable to ask them in a group setting. To comparison to go, hey, I need to challenge you on X, Y, Z because what, from what you said, this is my understanding. And so maybe the communication wasn't clear and I always take it back to the 10 standard firefighting orders, right? And one of those clear, concise communication and then also all orders to be clear and deliberate, meaning that you understand all those orders. And um, anyhow, that's enough said on that. Uh, so when, when they need to follow, it also, they still need to follow with the extreme ownership of what their goal is of, of the task. So that you've given them a task, so which means they have a goal at the end of the day, and they need to be able to accomplish that as a team following you. Um, some of the some of the things is ready to lead, ready to follow, extreme ownership and decentralized command that they go through on the introduction. And then they also go through the four laws of combat. parched because I was out in the sun. It's actually 70 degrees in Northern California. I was at Top Golf today and I apparently didn't drink enough water. Uh, laws of command. Number one, cover and move. Teamwork supporting each other to accomplish the mission. If the team fails, everyone fails. That is like one of the true statements ever, right? Because if your team fails, then everyone's failing. It's not just the weakest link in the weakest link in the team. It's not just, you know, well, we didn't get our job done in time or we got it done. Quality was decreased. It just means that you didn't do your job. And as a leader, you didn't do your job and you need to take ownership of that. 
and the other portion of that is cover and move. Um, the cover and move is more than than just the teamwork. It's also about getting into other teams. Like what is like I was just perfect example. I was just talking to Ryan De Silva about him and uh Chris Tabieros are in my area, right? So I actually moved back to Sacramento, which means that I actually came back into their area. And uh some of the things is I was just talking to Ryan about business licenses and how I talked to Chris the other day and I was like, hey man, if I ever get a detail in Rancho Cordova, I'm gonna call you and and see if you have an opening on a certain day because I don't want to I don't want to get a business license in Rancho Cordova. I've already gotten four business licenses for this area, plus my one in the Bay Area that's starting to get like a lot of business licenses. But I know you have one in Rancho Cordova. So that right there is called cover and move, right? Because I am now utilizing a team member as a de as another detailer with another business. Hey man, do you want to do this and go have these? I'm going to still going to get the detail. I'm still going to do it in half the amount of time because I know Chris has been trained exactly like I've been trained. We work the same level. Ryan works the same level. So it's all about utilizing those outside resources, even if they're not from the same business. You can use other detailers to partner up to do details, right? Cover and move. Uh, law, the second law is simple. Keeping, keeping your order simple. When you, when you explain to a new employee exterior detailing or interior detailing, and then you're just like overwhelming them with information, they're gonna get so confused that they don't know what to do. It, it doesn't matter if you're doing detailing, if you're being a firefighter, if you're being a police officer, you're working at In-N-Out Burger. When you give an employee too much information and you're convoluting the conversation with tasks and steps, you're not keeping it simple and the brain is not able to take in everything. They're only able to take in that first little bit of information and everything else is just jumbled up in the brain, right? So keeping it simple, even if you have to give them a couple of tasks at a time or even with yourself. Sometimes we get convoluted with ourselves like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta write everything I need to get done in the week and then I'm gonna take it day by day. So I got my weekly goal, my monthly goal, and my daily goal. What is my daily goal today? I'm gonna get X, Y, Z done, and that's my daily goal. And if I get it done early, well, heck, I can work on tomorrow's goals. And if I get that done, then, wow, I'm doing a great job and, and I'm already you know, ahead of the game. But keeping it simple, not only for yourself, but your employees, and that sets you up for success because then your expectations, because we all know that expectations create failure. When you have an expectation instead of a boundary or boundaries create a bound, let's just go off on this really quick. A boundary is something that you have set. Here's my boundary. My boundary is that all the equipment will be put back in the same position. It's gonna be clean, it's gonna be tidy, and those are my boundaries. Now, when you get into an expectation, an expectation is a list of expectations your employee signs when they're hired at work. 
I expect you to follow all the rules and regulations. I expect you to follow the human resources guide. I expect you to follow all the safety and health procedures. And you give them the paperwork that corresponds with that. But at the same time, a boundary is also letting them know, this is my boundary line. I need you not to cross that because then we're going to have to have talks. We're going to have to have paperwork and all this kind of stuff. So expectations is is more or less, here's your expectations of an employee, whereas like your dailies are more of like a boundary. And hopefully that's not too convoluted. So anyway, keeping it simple. Um, it's the complexity breeds chaos and disaster. So we kind of went over that. When team members don't understand, they cannot execute. Simplifying the plan allows the team and members to understand commencing the intent. Um, and law three, prioritize and execute. Multiple problems occurring simultaneously. We kind of went over how multiple problems can be in there, but it's still understanding that you need to be able to have a simple task given to these people, right? Because if you don't, then you can't prioritize anything. So the prioritize and execute when you have multiple problems occurring simultaneously, taking on too many problems all at once creates, you know, failure. Leaders must be able to detach and look at and create a priority list. So when your day goes awry, it's really easy in the Bay Area. I'll give you an example. I had uh, eight details set up for this last week in Barrett. Today's Friday, and I was going to do eight details, and some of the days I was going to do two details. The weather turned to crap. It was not supposed to be crap. And then the days that it's supposed to be crap was super sunny. So like today, super sunny, it was supposed to rip rain according to last week's um weather so i had to i was calling my clients texting them letting them know that we i would be changing their appointment secondary to the weather report so i'm not going to wait till the day before i usually just look at the weather for the week and then if i need to move clients around i will but because i'm doing that i'm prioritizing which clients i have to do first because if I have a half detail or I have an outside detail not in their garage, how am I going to prioritize my list? So I took two days down in Redwood City this last week because I was in a garage. And I did those details in those garages. But the other days were all outside. It was raining. I felt like it was going to snow in the barrier. It was crazy weather pattern. But at the same time, I had to prioritize which detail I was going to do, what time of the day, and was the weather going to coordinate with what I was doing, um, and then execute that plan based upon my new plan, right? Um, and, and understanding that when you prioritize and execute, you still need, your employees need to know the why. It goes back to understanding the why that we talked about in previous times is if they don't know the why, 
when you just prioritize it and go, we're going to do X, Y, Z, blah, 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 execute, 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 right? Um, give them the why. Just give them a queef. I, I mean, those, the quick, like, couple minutes to take away and go, you know what? Let me tell you why we're going to prioritize it this way. Let me tell you why we're going to do this step, second step, and third step first. Uh, communication, trust, training, understands commander's intent. So when you're prioritizing and executing, you got to have good communication. You have to have that trust between your leaders, followers, and, and the leaders that are that are leading up the chain of command and then the leaders below the chain of command, right? And then they've got to have that training that you're going to be able to trust them as much as they're trusting you. So they have the knowledge, skills, and abilities to do the job that you've asked them to do. And then understanding that commander's intent, right? So that commander's intent is going to be super important. Is that... Oh, we got Chris, Chris and Romero. Is that what I'm seeing? Yes. How's it, Sam? Right on. <laughs> we're, we're like in the middle of coding right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Perfect. Yeah, I got the reminder and I was like, let's hop on this uh, the group really quickly, at least for the last few minutes of it. We didn't realize what time it was. It's okay. No, you guys are good. We're just on the, the introduction portion of the book, so. Okay, sweet. We started off a little bit late because everybody was late today, so we're fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, we'll be listening. We're just going to mute out and just pay attention. Excellent. All right. So, uh, balance of those laws of combat is what this book is about, and and understanding the dichotomy of it. So balancing your people, chapter one, um, they call he calls it the ultimate dichotomy. And this is where he's going into balancing your your team, but everybody has an amazing team, right? Because you're not only keeping your team, but you're keeping it as your family. So it's that example, like Ramiro is with Chris Javieros right now, and that's part of our mafia family, right? So Chris invites Ramiro up, Ryan invites Chris over, Chris invites Ryan over. It's, whole, it's a whole family of little mafia group that we have here in Sacramento area now, right? So balancing your people, if we were under one business, we would have to balance our family. Meaning that if one person's doing a bad job, we've got to be able to call each other out. Um, and if we have a leader, that leader's got to be able to to call us out on those on those issues. And but at the same time, you've got to be respectful to your employees. You have to decide, okay, well, how can I best respect my employees or my subordinates? Well, that's not just by calling out your employee, but it's also making them a stronger team and you're respecting those employees that you're not calling out because you're taking that one week link 
and going, okay, how can I make you better? What do we need to do to make you better? How can I do that? And it's also about taking that and understanding what risks you're taking in, in your in your job by letting those employees do what they're doing, whether they're polishing a car. Well, do they have enough knowledge, experience, and abilities to polish, right, without burning the paint? Um, what training you do, the mitigation of risks. What So what mitigation are you doing to assure that when they're washing a car in the sun, they're not getting water spots all over the car? Do they know how to wash it? And what time to wash it in the beginning of their details, these people are going out all by themselves. And then at the same time, those risks that you're taking, how does it affect your other employees? So if you're gonna take a risk and you're taking a big chunk of a risk, how is it going to affect every employee beneath you? Because if you're gonna take a risk, is it gonna put more work on them? Do you need to hire somebody so that way there's not more work on them because you're taking time out because you're taking a big risk with the business? Um, there's so many different caveats to that, that it's, um, you just need to make sure that when you have a plan and you're taking that risk, that you're doing it coherently and you're doing it with a plan of, yes, I've checked with my family, which are my subordinates that I treat like a family. And then knowing when to not treat them like family, I guess. Um, but we'll get into that later on in the book. Uh, caring for your, for your employees and your staff deeply and how to be able to do that and still accomplish the mission, meaning don't be too soft and don't be too hard. Don't be too soft, meaning that, um, if they're not doing their job, you got to be able to say, Hey, take them aside and say, you're not coming up to par. I've asked you to do X, Y, Z. Let's just take an exterior. You've asked them to wash the exterior and they're not, they just didn't get all the spots. Hey, what can I do to help you? Because it seems as though you're not getting everything on the exterior. Is there something that I've said to you or have I not trained you fully to make sure that these spots, because it's a continuous issue that you're not hitting those spots down the rocker panels or you're not clean when I said, when I've told you this is a wash clay and seal, you're not clean it. Now we're having to go back and clay. Um, building powerful relationships with the subordinates. So that goes into like, what kind of relationship are you creating? Whether it's with your subordinates or your customers and what relationship are you creating with them? Um, when I talk to a client on the phone, I'm automatically writing. I have a piece of paper and I'm writing down what kind of vehicle they have. I'm looking it up on the internet as I'm talking. And I don't care if I know that they have a Chevy that's just like mine. I'm still putting it in the computer so I can look at the vehicle on the computer screen as I'm talking to my client to kind of give me that visual. And I'm creating a relationship with my customer on the phone saying, oh yeah, well, what color is your car? And blah, just, you're asking the question because you're already gonna ask them what color it is because you kind of want to be prepared. Um, 
when you're doing a paint correction on a Chevy black paint versus one with blue versus one that's white, right? Um, so creating that relationship is a key factor in, in the ability to talk to them, whether they're doing a good job, because you can't always say, oh, you're doing this and you're doing that. And we need to create some type of um, work plan now because you're not doing a good job and we're going to have to do something about that. What about all the good things they're doing as well and creating that that um, relationship with them to go, hey, you're doing a really good job. I appreciate you. You're doing this right. You're doing this right. I really saw you working hard today. I see you and I really appreciate it. Just those words of affirmation is going to create a relationship and a closeness with them that's going to give them, it's going to make them work harder for you. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Are you too close to your people? Meaning that this is the dichotomy of that, of the family thing, right? Are you too close with them? Um, and have you had to have hard conversations with them? I'm not sure. I think the only one that really has employees right now that's on is Chris Williams. I'm not sure if he's still driving or if he's able to chat or not. So when you're able to have hard conversations, it's hard. It, it is not an easy thing to do to have to go to an employee and say, hey, you're, you're, what you're doing right now is not working and you're not coming up to par. You're not meeting the standard. It's not an expectation. Remember, it's a standard. So when you're when you're talking to an employee, it's a standard. It is the basic standard. We've set these standards out, standard operating procedures, that type of thing, versus an expectation. <clears throat> so having hard conversations sometimes is hard because you don't ever want to have to have those hard conversations. Nobody does. There's not one person out there unless you're kind of maybe have a, an issue, right, that you want to be hard on people. Nobody wants to be hard on another person in life. So it is not a natural act to want to have to be hard. But at their times, you have to be hard, right? You have to get down and do it. Um, it looks like Chris is not driving anymore, so I'll, I'll uh, ask him. So part of the, I'm not sure if you heard, Chris, but we're at the part where if you're too close to your, your people, and have you ever had to have a hard conversation with your employees? And how did that go for you? So those conversations, they, they're like you said, they are hard, but they have to happen. Um, from every aspect before detailing up to now, um, those conversations you just have to have. Somebody's not cutting it and not meeting the standards. I mean, yeah, you got to do a self-analysis as well if you're a leader. You know, you got to take ownership in some of that. But still, the employee's actions or that person's actions are, and you, you have to address that because if it's fell in the team, and yourself, yeah, something's got to go. Something's got to give. Um, done several terminations in my past, and yeah, it uh, it's not easy to do, especially if they're. Just, I mean, but they tie your hands. It's it's a reason for it to happen. They they have tied your hands. You have to have that conversation with them. Um, 
most of the times of the incidents that I've had is honestly is those people chose their own destiny, you know, um, small stuff. Hey, that, that we can get over that, you know, you know, and then taking that discipline and the write up or whatever it may be. Um, you just gotta, yeah, yeah. And getting too personal with them uh, and being close to them. Cause you, you know, a lot of times you try to create that family environment. So, you know, there's people and there's kids or, or their kids or, you know, whoever it may be. Um, and, you know, some of the struggles that they go through. So. Some of it is tough, but you have to you have to set that line, that barrier. Um, yeah, you're family oriented and everything, but still, we got a job we got to get done. You got to you got to get through. Heck, yeah. And that's and it's harder when they're a good guy or a good gal. So, especially when you know they're, they're trying hard, but they're just not, they're not meeting, they're not, and you can do it and you can try, you know, retrain, let's, let's do something, let's try to get them up, but they're just not there. They're just not, they're just not that, what they came into. Well, and it it's, kind of, it's kind of like uh, you do Muay Thai, correct? Yeah. So they have belts in Muay Thai? No, no belts. And are you familiar with belt systems and like karate? Yeah. And, so it's yeah. just like that, right? You have, yep. there's a clear standard of yep. what a white belt, blue belt, all the different belts and colors. Jiu-jitsu. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, my son is, my son is a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. And he's also a Marine. So, you know, I get to boast about that. But um, he, when he was going through that, um, I remember the day he failed one of his belts and I could not tell you which color it was. I couldn't care less of color. I was more worried about his presence because he was all gun ho about, I mean, karate was his whole, Taekwondo was his gig, right? That was his jam. And um, he messed up. I call it a dance. Obviously it's not a dance. <laughs> <laughs> I call it a dance. You we don't <laughs> I mean, really, when you look at it, it's dance steps, right? So yeah. to me, in my mind, it was like this beautiful dance of different things that they were doing. And and um, he had taken, he just wasn't doing enough to memorize his steps. Yeah. You know, and I think it was when he just got his first girlfriend. And he was, or I think he was already a black belt. So I think it was like second degree black belt. He had just gotten his first girlfriend and it, he was not taking enough time for a second degree, right? Um, so super passionate is what I'm getting at, right? Passionate about their job, passionate about what they're doing. Doesn't matter what you're doing. You're passionate about it. You're giving 100%. You're always like on task, but guess what? They're not meeting that standard so is it you and your training that you're giving them because you have to look at i've always been in it seems like you are too is it is it number one my inability to train them if i not train them the correct way and then number two okay i've gone back to my records i have trained them on xyz um they have come up to that standard on xyz and other situations but continually now that we're in the situation of detailing on a regular basis they're not able to come up to the standard yep. So, yep. and that's a, that same way we'll see that in, with in muay thai in muay thai you, you know you kind of size up so 
we don't have belt systems, but what we do is you get in the ring and you spar. Spar is a is a you learning by failure, but you also you know you meet that person. You meet that person at that level. But some of these guys are come in there and they and they feel like they've gotten that next level and the next level. And so you take it up the next stop, next notch off upon them, and you get in the ring and you're sparring and you don't want to obliterate. It's a learning lesson. It all is a learning lesson, you know, techniques, whatever it may be. So you get in the ring and uh, they start stepping it up, stepping it up, but you match their level or one above. Uh, sort of like a force continuum. So, yeah, and then you – we see these guys, they come in and they think they're there and they get obliterated and, you know, and sparring. And I had to pull them to the side and I'm like, listen, that that right there, what you just did, that was the best teacher you ever had. That failure was the best teacher you ever had. Yeah. Now you do what to correct. Listen, focus on your technique, focus on the speed, take your time. Um, so, yeah, I definitely understand it on the fighting aspect of it. And in career wise, you know, I dealt with it so much being a field training officer for forever. We just had guys that, yeah, you come out of the academies and you got all this great, amazing knowledge. But now you got to put it in use. You got to show me you know what you're what you're doing. You and know, you got to keep a cool head while you're doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you go to detailing success. You go to detailing success. That's great. Now, can you do it? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Have you retained everything that you just had those five days? So. Yeah, it's hard. Um. So one of the questions I wrote down was how I have, and anyone can answer these, right? How have you lost sight of the mission because you care too much for your staff or customers? So since you're already on, Chris, have you ever lost sight of your mission because you have cared too much, whether it's an employee? And I put it as a customer as well because there's those customers that you care for. So you build, like the guy that I had, uh, I was down doing the berry, the guy takes me to dinner every month or he takes me to lunch every month. He is that customer that I've created a relationship with as not only as my customer, but a friend and a mentor. He's now one of my business mentors. The guy is amazing as a business mentor, but he's 70 something years old. So I know where sometimes I've lost my sight with the mission because he's always talking to me, right? But have you ever had that with a customer or staff member that you're losing sight of the mission because you care too much for them? Well, yeah. I, and I think that goes back to our, our past. You know, we have these, these people that come in and um, we want to see them succeed. We want them to see better. You know, my goal as a training officer was I was going to make you absolutely as good as I was or better. My goal was better always because I wanted you to succeed just as much as I did. Um, but as you know, sometimes that just uh, it just doesn't happen. And you, you grow a bond with people because you care for them and you see them struggling. But sometimes you just that's when you have to come back to yourself and, 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 and what your what your core values are of yourself, your business or whatever company you're with or anything like that. And like this is not meeting what what we have set forth, you know. So, yeah, you go a little extra for this, that individual trying to help them, you know, 
coming from an employee standpoint. But sometimes you just you end up wasting more time and you lose focus on because you're having to watch over or help more. You're taking more time away from what you can some other mission you could have been working on um, that could have been completed or done or other job, whatever it may be. They're slowing you down in the long run. You just don't see it immediately because you're blindsided by the care you have for that individual. Yeah. And it, I bet I wish Ryan was on. He's he's got some appointments to do today. I wanted to see how well he was doing with that one employee. But he texted me right before and said, oh, I've got an appointment with my kids. So I was hoping he'd be on. But just so you know, as a backup is uh walked my dog way more, getting a couple more walks in is my was my goal. Uh Ryan even uh messaged me about running in the morning. <laughs> he videoed well, I, himself and he was ready. So I, I met my goal. Way. what was your what was your goal? Remember, you told me to spend more time with Marcella, which we have done a lot. So yeah. um usually when I get done from fight and I come home, you know, quick shower and it's just that's time. I, I dropped everything. I dropped everything. I don't answer the phone or anything after a certain time. Boom, I'm done. That's it. So that's been a couple of weeks. How has it changed? You're in the last couple of weeks, how how much time do you think, how, how many days out of the week have you been including that in your relationship? Uh, uh, pretty much every day, every day of the week. Um, and you know, we already have a pretty strong relationship from what I see. Yes, 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 yes. So, so, but how has it, there has to be some type of change that you're seeing that is even more bonded in a different way now. It is. It is. I see a lot Look more at smile. that smile. Look at that <laughs> smile. That's rad. I'm so pumped. <laughs> even a strong relationship can be made better, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. You know, she's yeah, she's, she's old. Is she you happy? Know. Oh yeah, get on that book club. Yeah. So I want more time. Get on that book. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So happy. Gosh, that makes me. That makes me all happy inside. And then, uh, like I said, Ryan was sending me a video. He was outside running in the cold weather. His video, his video and he sent it to me on Messenger. He's like, here you go, Sam. I'm running. I can't believe I'm doing yeah. it. Well, you see what I'm wearing. My, my other clothes were soaking wet. I was like, I got to throw something on. So. <laughs> completely different. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there was somebody else that we challenged. Yeah, <sighs> yeah it was me. Okay. What was our challenge with you? You wanted me to get up 30 minutes earlier every day. Or I think you said two days a week, but I've been doing it every day. Nice. How is that, that going for you? It's good. Honestly, um, it's completely changed my attitude throughout the day. You know, um, able to get up a little earlier, take some time for my dog, which makes me feel good. I do my workouts in the morning now rather than after work. So it kind of sets my whole day up. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've always been a night owl my whole life and uh, I'm getting to bed early now, getting up early. And I just feel like that's the kind of the change I needed, the little the little bump of motivation I needed. So that's right. awesome. Thank so you. 30 minutes. Now, has that 30 minutes extended out beyond 30 minutes? Are you getting up? Yeah, it's at, it's at an hour now. Um, I'm trying bet. to get up yeah. at five. So. Yeah, it always does that. Yeah. So now you're at 5 a.m. pub. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, exactly. I got the little taste of a half hour and I'm like, shit, well, an hour would be real nice. 
So that's so awesome. Congratulations, Ryan. Yeah, no, thank you for uh for putting that up up there. So uh that's awesome. You know? Really good job. Yeah. Really good job. Appreciate it. That's great. Did did we have anybody else we challenged? We did, we did challenge Jessica, but I haven't heard. Oh yeah, she is what man, she was you know who was gonna be on tonight. He didn't get it. I know Jess already had uh pre-made stuff she had to do, but um, Corey, did you have a challenge? Yeah, I thought Corey had a challenge. Yeah, yeah you, you guys, you, you guys, you guys challenged me to five o'clock, but I mean, instead of waking up like an hour and a half earlier, I ended up just staying up an hour and a half later. <laughs> <laughs> Going backwards. So Corey. I got it. Yeah, I know I went backwards, but I'm like, it's kind of the same thing because I actually worked on the business. I just didn't do it earlier. I just did it later. So, <laughs> because my wife was working nights and this and that and usually i stay up until she uh, gets home so i was like the heck with it i'm just gonna stay up and i'll just do all the stuff that i need to do now so, so how has that changed so you so instead of that's fine right because you still took the challenge. well i'm trying to get it i'm trying to get it with her because sometimes there's times that she goes in at 4 30 in the morning i'm like how the heck did you work a night shift and now you turn around and you go in at 4 30 i don't know how you do this so I'm like, I need to get like on your schedule. When you wake up, wake me up. So I know that way I can actually have somebody that helps. You know, it's not all on me. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of like I do workouts Monday through Friday with, um, if you're one of my Facebook friends, you'll see like I have my girls I work out with and they're also the girls I yeah. go to top golf and all that with. That's my workout crew. So 8 a.m. Monday through Friday, I work out with them for an hour. We go to a certain gym and, and we work out for an hour doing a circuit. And then I'll go to a personal training session with my stepson, right? But other than that, it's that, it's that, uh, what it, gosh, it's uh, that camaraderie, right? Or it's that, um, I can't even think of the name right now, but it's having somebody there, accountability. Right. So it's having personal accountability for yourself. But then when you tell somebody else about it, even that verbal commitment, hey, can you wake me up? That's an accountability that goes to another level because you don't want to like be like, yeah, I'm not going to wake up because they said to wake up. You're going to wake up because you asked them to wake you up. Right. So that's awesome. Have you noticed any changes that you're doing? Um, over the past couple of weeks that you've been working extra on your business or that hour? I mean, some of the, some of the business is just trying to word stuff different when I post stuff. Um, a small goal of mine was just to try to get more uh, Google reviews. And then within the last four or five cars I've done, every single one of them has given me a review. So I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. So. Good job. So that <clears throat> But I know, so, I mean, I know some people push the Google reviews, but I also listened to another podcast where he said he list, he does a lot of detailing for higher end clients. And he goes, not a single one of these guys will give give a Google review. He goes, they're just not that type of person. And well, I was like, I kind of can see that too. But then right now, currently, my customer base isn't that high up. So they're not some, you know, closed collection people. So. Um, I would say that the guy that gave you that advice is not good. And I'm going to tell yeah. you. The guy that I just talked about that I go down, who's now my business mentor, is a multimillionaire. Yeah. He, he hangs out with people like Gordon McCall. Gordon and him are buddies. 
Um, and this guy raced cars and he had a landscaping business in the barrier. And that guy absolutely will tell you, you've got to have reviews. But this day and age, you have to have reviews because everything is on the internet, right? So even though that he refers me to other of his card guys, do you think they're getting on and looking at me? Absolutely. Because I've gotten told by these clients that they've gotten on and looked at my website and looked at my Google reviews and, oh, you've got all five stars. Great. Like, and then they call me. Because so yeah. before they even call me, they've checked me out. So oh, yeah. those Google reviews is important because I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to go with a plumber that has one review. I want to go yeah. with a plumber that has 200 or 300 reviews and they're all good reviews. And I want to read his bad reviews because what were those bad reviews? Oh, were they his exactly. Bad? I don't know. So in the day of technology, um, Google reviews are huge. And then one thing that I'm going to, I'm going to preach it, but I haven't practiced as much is that YouTube that? is the number two search engine, uh, yeah. right? So you have, you have Google and then you have YouTube, which I didn't really realize how important it was until I started researching some marketing and all that kind of stuff, because I'm a, uh, what, what did Rennie say today? Scrapper? You got to be a scrapper. Yeah, with yeah you got to be. Yeah. So I'm going to use his term, right? And and what he just said, and we'll just put that out there. So if you can do some of your marketing yourself, that's yeah. being a scrapper, right? Because you're yeah, saving it. And you can get on YouTube and, and learn how to do some marketing with YouTube as well as Google, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's awesome. So have you noticed any any difference in your business since you have besides those Google reviews? Because that's awesome. You got five Google reviews from five, you know, different clients. From is that from mm -hmm. staying up at night and, and kind of making sure that they have a follow up? It's just yeah, making sure my follow ups. I mean, that was my biggest issue was following up with customers, and that's that was what has that's what hurt me all last year. I never, I was like, oh, cool. I detailed the car. Cool. And then I'd never call them up and just be like, hey, how's everything going or anything like that? So, so that's helped a lot. And like I said, in the night, it seems to have, I have a little more, more, what is that called? Where more people are looking at my stuff now, now that I, you know, changed the little wording, changed this and that. I'm still trying to, it's all those games you play on Instagram with the videos and everything else too. So more or less, it's more just researching on how to do stuff better too. And then gives me some time to just play with my different apps as well. And then, you know, fine tune your able and everything else. Right on. <clears throat> Congratulations. Now we just, who else, do we have anybody else that we gave anything to? Or is it just Jess is the last one? I think that was it. Yeah. So just Jess, we got to check in with her. <laughs> So uh, let's see what time is it. Uh, so, well, we went over the induction in chapter one. So I'll probably like break it down to um, not going into chapter two, but I am going to talk about the grass, the weeds, the shrubs, the trees, and the 50,000 foot level. And Chris probably knows what I'm talking about when I say the grass, the weeds, the shrubs, the trees, and 50,000 foot level. So it goes into like being super honed in. You're at the grass level, which is your employee level, right? You're down 
you're detailing. You got your face in that car and you're detailing at the grassroots level, um, whether you're doing marketing or whether you're doing the detail. The weeds is like, I've got a little bit more experience and now I'm able to do the grass job better. And when I get up into the shrubs, okay, now I'm teaching somebody else to help me do it. When you're getting in the trees, you've got maybe two employees and you're talking to 50,000 foot level, you're completely decentralized the command and you've given your, your uh, objective to these guys and they're doing it. So um, part of the stuff that we'll talk about later on in the dichotomy of leadership is just going in the grass, the weeds, the shrubs, the trees. And most people are just, usually they're more in the weeds, the trees and the 50,000 foot level. Um, and most people know about that, but sometimes you can be in those weeds and you still need to get back out to that tree level and take a look at the car. Because it goes about not just, it's not just if you're the only person doing that detail and you're in Chris's garage or Ryan's garage or Romero, you know, or or anyone out here doing their stuff. Um, when you take that that little step back and you get in the trees and you go, okay, I need to overlook. That's what I call my overlook point. And my overlook point is, how does this car look? Do I see it from a different perspective? Even if I have to take a step back and go eat some peanuts or some almonds, and then I'm coming back with fresh eyes, I wanna do that to make sure that before I move to this next step, that I've gotten my job done and as fully as I can um, without having any hindrance. Cause I don't wanna go and code a car that I find that, oh my God, I've got something else to do. I can't believe I missed that. Why didn't I do a better walk around? Like what, what are you doing, Sam? Cause I'm too much in the weeds. I'm like, oh, I gotta get this done, right? Do you ever have that, Chris, where you feel like, why didn't I just take a step back into the trees and get an overlook spot? Not just in, not just in working on a car. Oh just no! In general, in business, in, in business, and in life, and everything. Sometimes you just got to take that big view, that higher point view. Oh my! Uh, goodness. Yeah. You just, you just got to, and then you got to. Sometimes you got to get to that fifty thousand foot level and just really look over everything. Um. So yeah, yeah, I do that a lot. Personal inventory, right? Yeah. And personal inventory, when you take that personal inventory, I notice for me, it bleeds into every like crevice of my life. When I decide that I'm gonna take a personal inventory, I'm gonna figure out what's going on and I take a step back and try to like just visualize, okay, this is what I've got going on. This is what my life looks like right now. Am I doing what I need to do? Or am I kind of screwing up in a couple spots? Or am I caring too much about this one person and not caring enough about this other person? Or am I caring too much about my son and not my daughter? <laughs> you know, or, you know, because kids are like that. Um, or am I not caring enough for my animals are not giving enough time to because it's all a balance it doesn't matter if it's the dichotomy of leadership it's the dichotomy of your life you really want to take a look at it right so I, i'm glad you said something about that because it is 
it's yep. about that perfect balance and trying to figure it all out. I mean, so pumped that you took on that challenge with Marcella. Like <laughs> <laughs> my my next thing. So does anybody want to take on a new challenge? Is there any new challenges that we need to take on? I've given myself enough challenges right now. So Well, yeah, I uh I started I'm also teaching fitness kickboxing as well. So <laughs> well that's yeah. I yeah, think so uh, I think uh, I just made my plate even bigger. Yeah. Um so. well I, I mean I want I want to challenge myself to getting uh, back on social media and posting daily and doing what I'm supposed to be doing there. Um so really struggled with the uh I don't know. I struggle with the constant comparison. Uh, when I'm not busy, seeing everybody else busy, it's just uh, it's a roller coaster. Sometimes I just had to cut it out of my life for a little bit, and it's become a kind of become a habit. Yeah, hard there's to get myself motivated to post. Uh, there's nothing wrong with cutting your weight self away. I have to now. My business, I will post. I will post business stuff. I don't compare myself to anybody else. I just do me. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I got. I've I've broken I've broken away from that stuff, man. Um, because some of the stuff I see on there is just gets a little frustrating sometimes, you know. Hundred percent. It's uh, I learned it was a terrible way to start my day. I used to wake yep. up and immediately get on Instagram and Facebook, and it just ruined so, my days. Here's your here's your good challenge, and this is what I I've changed this. I started doing this about oh god, jeez, I can't even tell you now. So when I the first like thirty minutes to an hour after I wake up. No social media, mm -hmm. no nothing, no anything. I'll put on either Dave Goggins, I either throw on Jocko, uh, Andy Frasilla. I'm going to listen to some type of motivational type podcast for that first hour. As soon as I wake up, boom, automatically, it just starts playing. I don't do, I'll go around, I'll do, you know, my vitamins, my protein shakes and, you know, get, get stuff and I'll be listening to it the whole time. That right there. I got to admit, that's, that's helped me a lot as far as getting my day motivated and going. Yeah, I uh, I can see that. I uh, totally agree. There are times when I do come across something motivational in the morning and I'm like, wow, I'm ready to kick today's ass. But uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. And you, you so, so listen to those guys. Yeah, yeah, here's the deal, Ryan. So that's your, instead of thinking about, I need to get back on social media, let's change, let's take the first step and change your morning. Um, what time do you wake up in the morning, Ryan? You got me at five o'clock now, Sam. So <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right. So 5 a.m. Um, you know, I don't know what you do your first 15 minutes or what have you, but um dog outside. Okay. So you, you walk your dog. So I want you to at some point in time, I want you to give 15 minutes to do you know uh Jocko's podcast? His underground I do. Podcast. I follow it on a podcast. Yeah. Okay. So whether it's a uh, Jack Willingly or uh, do, do that one, or there's so many different that David Goggins has got one. And then also, I know this is kind of a little bit soft for you guys, but um, something that's really like motivated me was Brene Brown. So I will do a few minutes of Brene Brown and I'll do a few minutes of Jocko. And the reason why is Brene Brown subtly wakes me up 
into thinking about my life. And it helps me with my vulnerability. It helps me with my compassion for others. It helps me decide what the outputs I want to put in into and how I'm going to execute that. And then I listen to Jocko because now it's time to get to business. Hmm. So I don't mm -hmm. know if that helps you or not, but um, for me, I'll listen to, or I'll listen to Glennon Doyle, which is um, another, another one. She also, um, another person is Amy Wambach, who was a, a soccer player for the USA, an amazing leader on the soccer field, um, on and off the soccer field. So um, sometimes I've already listened to her book and read her small teeny tiny book called The Wolf Path, but for sure that um, you have to find those things that inspire you. Maybe Jocko doesn't inspire you. Like Chris has things that inspire him and I obviously have people that inspire me. So everyone's going to be completely different and in who inspires them to make that step. So mm -hmm. I challenge you to find that, to find that within you to go, okay, so um, who are you going to listen to or what are you going to do to get yourself inspired and to challenge mm -hmm. So if that's the Jocko Willingling podcast, then do that. Um, well, I mean, I'll tell you what, if you can get Mr. Rennie Doyle to post daily, I mean, Wednesdays <laughs> are probably my most productive day because I wake up, I listen to that podcast and it just gets me going. Well, um, I, I don't, I don't think I can do that, but um, <laughs> you can always, I'll bring, it, I'll bring it to the board, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. <laughs> if, we just have, we, if we just, you know, have them, you know, do a quick 5am thing, right? A quick live. Yeah. Quick live 5am. Um, I would really, I, I mean, do you, have you listened to all of this podcast? Who? Rennie. Rennie? Um, yeah. I've gone back pretty far. Uh, I definitely haven't listened to all of them now. Okay. So, uh, go back to his podcast. Number one, have you listened to, uh, reflection artist podcast? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I listened to Justin's podcast, uh, as soon as it gets released trying to think of any other suggestions that might help you with your so there's there is one other speaker to listen to and i actually called him when i was scrolling through jocko's stuff on spotify but it was and he's he's a preacher i'm not real big on religion but he's, he is a preacher but he's a great motivational speaker and that's a, i think his name is les brown um he put some good points out you know he, he does a little bit of preaching on some but the rest of it was just like just motivational and life stuff. Mm -hmm. That was good. He's not as harsh as Jocko, you know, of course, but some good stuff there. Simon Sinek. Was that Simon Sinek? Yeah. So Simon Sinek has got man that guy. Yeah. Even five minutes of that guy sometimes like gives me a smile, right? Like he'll he'll make you think about things you haven't thought of, right? Or uh, God, what is that other guy that does uh, stuff similar to him as well? Are you talking about the big business guru? I'm trying to think. But... Yeah. Um, oh. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I'll probably remember later on today. But Took his whole cult course. Took yeah. his whole. I can't remember his name. Save my life. You're not talking about Grant Cardone, are you? No, not Grant's. Not Grant's, but that's another good one. 
Yeah. So you know of a lot of people now. We've we have like put out tons of names, Ryan. Yeah, I, I put them all in my uh my Apple podcast. So so what I want you to do is just find find something that inspires you, and then uh, next week I think what is it four o'clock again next week. Um, we're gonna do it four fifteen because I have an appointment. I uh took on some more stuff with some people with PTSD within the fire departments and I'm helping them out with some meetings and stuff at uh, three o'clock Thursday. So we'll do this at like four fifteen or something like that. Uh, That's yeah. good because I'm late today because I was finishing up a class today. So oh, perfect. So we'll do four fifteen next Thursday and we'll get into chapter two, three and uh, probably a little bit more than that. But I was hoping to get through more, but just the introduction of this book is like so amazing. Mm -hmm. There's so many yeah. ways that it's amazing. So I appreciate you guys coming on today and, and we'll have some fun next week. Ryan, I I I can't wait to hear who inspires you, man. Like, yeah, no, thank you guys. I, I I really appreciate it. Um sometimes I need a little push, but uh yeah, I uh I'm definitely gonna be starting that tomorrow morning. Romero, okay, let's hold on right before we go. <laughs> Romero and Chris are here. Hi guys, I love well, you guys. Hey, We've been listening. You guys got challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so we're uh, really we're really challenged. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think you've heard like oh you got your Alberta County Fire hat on bro that's rad. Um, Sporting man, you know how much business this thing got me. Oh I bet. <laughs> I just want my kickback. No, I'm just kidding. Um. So what you guys don't know is Eldar County Fire gave all the guys that came out to do the uh, thing last year, Eldar County Fire hats was the gift that they gave to the crew that came out to the fire. But nonetheless, <clears throat> Chris, what's your, what's, what are you going to do for yourself? What do you feel like you need to do for yourself to get yourself going? You think even more, you're already killing it. I know you're killing it, but what can you challenge yourself on? Uh, the book club and reading, or at least audio books or something. All right. So, do you have Dichotomy of Leadership yet? No, I don't. You can get it on YouTube. Uh, you can you can download for free on YouTube. <laughs> you can... What is it called? The Economy the of Dichotomy of Leadership by Jocko. Yeah. Oh, Dichotomy. I'll show you. I got it. Oh, Romero said you got it. Romero yeah. got it. He's gonna hook yeah. you up. So your challenge is. By next Thursday, just listen to a couple of chapters, bro. I want okay. you to just listen to the first four chapters. That's it. All right. That's your only challenge. And I think you can get that done. Because I know you work that much. You can get it done. I'll, I'll be listening to a lot. No reggae music. Just just Jocko and you. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier when you're listening to the books. Oh, yeah. Romero, what's your challenge? What do you feel like you need to do? Besides check on insurance for mechanics. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, the last week or so, I've been trying to get myself back organized when it comes to the accounting. Um, and I've started uh, initializing um, working with Chris as a um, digital marketing person. Okay. So I got those two things going on. So now I just got to challenge myself and, and figure out the funds to pay for all that because I'm kind of quite behind when it comes to the counting, unfortunately. Um, 
and just get myself being more consistent when it comes to the gym. I was doing pretty good, but the last two weeks has been kind of kind of rough. Um, used to w- used to wake up at four a.m. to go to the gym, and it's in the last two weeks it's, it hasn't been happening. So I just you- sorry. What time are you waking up? I'm waking up like seven o'clock now. Almost time to get the kids ready to to go to daycare and all that other stuff. You need some inspiration. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is going? Five a.m. You're the five a.m. club now with Ryan. Okay. I want a text message from you. Five a.m. tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, tomorrow. I'll do that. Tomorrow's Saturday. I don't usually. I still go to the gym. At, I'm there at eight thirty in the morning. So yeah, I I need to go again. I mean, I haven't these last two weeks. I've gone maybe once every uh once a week. So and I was going every other day. Tomorrow? You work tomorrow? Yeah. What time do you work? Uh, I have a car being dropped off at nine a.m. Oh, that's plenty of time for you to wake up early mm-hmm. and go work out. Come back, cook your kids breakfast, and start working. 5 a.m. That's for your challenge tomorrow. 5 a.m. Go work out. I want to text you at 5 a.m. Okay. I'll send you a message on Facebook since I don't I don't have your phone number. (laughs) So 5 a.m. tomorrow. And and I guarantee you I'll already be up. Okay. (laughs) So you heard that, Chris? That goes for you too. What happened? <laughs> wake up at 5 a.m., bro. Oh, I've been waking up at 6. No. <laughs> <laughs> but 5 a.m., but I, I I was, but my gym moved, so they have to relocate and wait. I have to wait for the 5 o'clock class. Well, actually, I was waking up at 4.30 or 4. Well, well whatever, whatever it, we've got him doing dichotomy of leadership, and your job is to wake up at 5 a.m. from now on. You don't need to wake up at 4, man. Yeah, just just call Sam when you wake up. <laughs> Sam, I woke up. She's <laughs> right. gonna call, call back in five minutes. Hold on, five more minutes. <laughs> like, all right, fine. I'm, I'm up. I'm up. Right, <laughs> I swear, I feel like I'm talking to my sons. <laughs> no, no. You guys I thought you said you're gonna go to uh, Top Golf. I did go to Top Golf today. Oh, you already went. I'm like, yeah, without you. <laughs> you could have gone, but you had to work. Well, I'm we were retired. working. I'm retired. <laughs> today. <laughs> I'm like, the day just is about to end. Now it's time to go to Top Golf. No, it's it. Now it's time to go to dinner with friends. Yeah, I got I got my life, long drive home and then gotta get myself ready for tomorrow morning. Yeah, you gotta get up <laughs> early, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, you have an amazing.